Hey guys, um, we're gonna get started here soon. Just give me a few minutes to get the speakers up. Okay, guys, give me one second. DMing the speaker. Get started here shortly. <clears throat> Okay, so I just sent a tweet out. It's at the top. I'd appreciate it if you guys can like and retweet. Or if you want, just go in the bottom right of your screen, press that little plus button, and share the space. Yo, so I just tweeted out the space, guys. Um, for everyone in here, before we get started, just tweet out the room, bottom right, or give the tweet pinned above a like and a retweet, so we can just get our everyone in here, and then we'll get started. You're waiting on a few people. Yo, yo, what's up, KT? What's going on? How was your day? I had a good day. How about you? Good. Uh, good. I caught fly um, this morning off of, I want to say VWAP. Let me put VWAP in my chart. But I caught a nice move up to the high day, like when we made that second high day. Nice. And uh, that was really, that was my... That was it. I caught it like the last high, like um, um, two and a half hours before close, one thirty p.m. East, like one twenty by time. I'll fill you up, and that was you know it basically it for me. <clears throat> what's up, Maple? Yo, what's up, PV? What's up, KT? What's up, everyone? Hey, hey, welcome. How was your day? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Um, had a few solid trades today. You know, I'm, I'm normally trading uh, open to 12 and uh, made a good chunk of change before dipping out before lunch. But uh, biggest one for me today, I took uh, puts off the orb high uh, right around 
right here. Right as we broke the high of day, right around 11, I took puts and rode those all the way down to the ore below um, as a great target. Right, Those went over 100 plus percent. Um, but yeah, other than that, tried the open a few times, got chopped up a little bit during that kind of 10 a.m. range, 10 to 10.30, but uh, that's trading, right? Wins and losses all together. Yeah, and if you don't, I might be asking. So do you trade the orb off the first 30 minutes or pre-market? Uh, first 30-minute candle, yeah. So I actually posted a chart a chart review on Twitter um, going over how I, I traded today and, you know, other opportunities just from those orb uh, or from the 30-minute orb. So pin um, it up right now. Jeez. Yeah, so I'll be talking about that, how you guys can really gauge between what is a trend day versus what is a range day. And how you can remain confident until, you know, we break in base over or below our orb levels. So, uh, it'll be a good spaces. All right, perfect. Nice. I just pinned it to the top, guys. That's his trade review today and how he traded. So, um, yeah. What's up, Knots? Yo, yo. How you doing, how was- Good. How was your day? Oh, it was fine. Um, I did two trades. One I won on, one I lost on. Um, overall, um, just small profits on the day. Um, but did well. Uh, not, I mean, it was a bit choppy. Uh, a lot of individual names weren't moving as well, so it was just kind of like a quiet day. I'm looking for, if we're going to chop tomorrow again, I would definitely think we see some individuals uh, start to move on their own. So I'm expecting a better day tomorrow, but we'll see how it is. Nice, nice. Yeah, we'll see for sure. All right, guys. Um, I know Strat's going to be here in a little bit. He's a little busy right now, but we're going to get started with the space. So basically how it goes is, um, you know, we give a little intro, then we just give what we're watching for tomorrow, our game plans, and then we'll do a little webinar section. And today we're going to talk about our rules. And then after, we're going to do an AMA-chart request. So, um, yeah, guys, let's get started. Before we do, make sure you tweet out the room, bottom right of the thing. If you want to tag me, I'll retweet, tag the speakers. And, um, yeah, let's get started. Maple, do you want to go over, you know, what you're looking for going tomorrow or how you're planning to trade? Uh, yeah, so tomorrow, uh, really just leading up into CPI and FOMC next week. Um, I'm really just taking it easy. Um, I'm a day trader at heart, so I'm not really, you know, looking at major, uh, I guess, macro setups. So I really take most of my trades based off of like four hour, one hour analysis and then breaking it down on these smaller time frames, like a top down approach. Um, but I was looking at Tesla here on the daily. Uh, I do have a chart posted on my Twitter um, and have been swinging Tesla puts. Uh, for next week expiry, just as we rejected off of that kind of 195 area, um, and then we are testing these 180 buyers. So these 180 buyers, the last couple of days, yesterday and today, uh, we saw them really stopping out. Right, you can see the pivot from 11.28 or and 11.29 where they were basing at 178.9, uh, and today you're starting to see these candles closing below that 180 whole dollar psych. So, um. And pushing on further from the 11.23, November 23rd candle, that was the gap support. 
uh, and price tested that today. And that's uh, kind of the wall that Tesla had a, um, a lot of trouble breaching through and was also very close to the orb level, or I guess the hour orb. Um, and if you go back, if you mark 172.50 on your chart, you can see today how that was respected and where that lines up where price was entering the gap. Um, whenever I'm trading these kind of gap, uh, you know, these gaps on the daily, I really look for weakness below that gap support. Um, and typically when I see those buyers stopping out just because of the, you know, it's not as liquid, there's a lot of uh, orders that are uh, spaced pretty far apart. Uh, we see it move pretty quickly to that gap fill, uh, which isn't too far, right? It's at like 170 uh, and 90 cents. Uh, but the main kind of target for me is this 52-week low demand uh, right around 166 to 168. Um, so that's really what I'm watching. Um, just, you know, seeing if we can get there in the next couple of days or at least selling off into CPI and FOMC just because it's going to be very sporadic, very volatile, and uh, I don't really want to hold heavy leading into those economic events. Um, also, um, right, I, I don't really look at too many setups, guys. I trade SPY and Tesla every single day, um, so I'm not looking at other sectors and stuff. I really just focus on SPY, ES, and I track VIX on the daily. Um, if you guys have been a part of the spaces the last couple of months, I, I talk about VIX's daily quite often. Uh, we pinpointed the reversal back in August. August 15th was the tweet that I said this is where short's going to start creeping in. And the reversal back at the beginning of October when VIX was over 34. Okay, so some key levels that you guys need to mark out uh, on VIX's daily would be 34. Um, you can see that every single time it pushes above 34, it's majority wicks up there. This is where sellers on your indexes or just uh, holdings tickers are very comfortable, uh, you know, accumulating their their uh, their short. Same thing down here. Um, excuse me. Sorry, I meant to say down 18 to 20. 34 is where they start exiting. Um, and down here, you can see the last few days where we're bouncing between 18 and 20. There's a demand zone that we've respected pretty much all year. Uh, and we're bouncing out of it, right? You guys have seen VIX these last couple of days uh, shoot far away from that 19 mark where it bounced. I also posted a chart there on my Twitter uh, covering VIX. So normally we see it push up just a little bit. I really am looking for like a 24 to 25 retest, which is right uh, near that 200 EMA on the daily. And, uh, you know, just leading into CPI and FOMC, who knows what's going to happen, right? Those are guaranteed trend days, uh, but very dangerous to traders who uh, are kind of, I would say, um, enticed by the euphoria and FOMO. So uh, other than that, just trading safe. I take five trades or less a day. Uh, just focusing on, focusing on SPY and Tesla. So any other setups, I really just uh, wait till the pre-market to uh, get ready. Perfect. Amazing. So you said you take um, anywhere from one to five trades every day? Yeah, um, I, I try to teach everyone, you know, a handful of lesser trades is all you really need. Um, some days I might just take two or three and some days, you know, it might be a scalp kind of day where I take, you know, six or more, but, um, typically try to keep it five or less, uh, just to, to focus on quality over quantity. Nice. Yeah. I even know people that say like, usually the less they trade, the bigger their P&L is. So, um, you know, it's different for everyone sometimes.
when you're just done in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. I, I think what's most important is if uh, traders, you know, are able to stick to a strategy that, um, you know, that makes sense to them. You know, you get a lot of traders bouncing back and forth, uh, not really being able to build a foundation for their systematic edge. Uh, and then they wonder why they keep going through the revolving door of frustration. For sure. Yo, so on um, Keanu, any game plans for tomorrow or how you're going to scale? Um, I put in the spaces here, um, this descending triangle I'm watching on that small time frame. And um, that's what I'm watching. We bounced right off of the level we bounced off of yesterday, basically. Um, so I'm looking for a break above or below. And today was sideways. So if we get another sideways day or like what are that? That'd be Thursday and Friday. If we had two sideways days, Monday would be even more explosive. Just the longer we consolidate, the bigger the move. So that is what I'm watching. I put it clearly in the thing here and uh, also have a webinar I'm planning out. PB inspired me to get one together with my boy Bueller. Um, I'll be posting about that. I appreciate you having me, PB. Sorry I got you sick on Sunday from a crossover. <laughs> You're good. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been, my health has been messed up ever since like Thanksgiving week and hopefully you get healthy, man. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling better now, but um, I hope you feel better as well. And you definitely stay tuned for that, guys. So, um, yeah, it's the crazy thing about KT Keanu is the last like week and a half he's taken two thousand to over forty grand, just nuts. And that's just, you know it's how he trades. He just um he takes small amounts to big amounts and he withdraws. So props on him for that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate. It. I've just been doing SPX zero day and then uh. Uh, about after the morning, 90 minutes or so, you know, I'll take spy just like next day or, or spy same day, just cause it's uh, not as risky, but yeah, SPX has been a godsend and, uh, it's just my style, but you know, I appreciate what we're saying here as far as see how it goes in the morning, because, um, I used to make my watch lists at night and they're definitely valuable, but I was adjusting them so much in the morning that I just kind of do that. But um, yeah, have your levels set. I posted what I have, and I'm going to look for those levels tomorrow. Amazing. Perfect. Nuts? Yeah, so, it, you know, it always depends day to day for me. Um, as of right now, markets are currently gapping down. Does that hold? I don't know. Um, could we possibly even gap up in the morning? Possibly. Um, you know, markets have been weak, and we've continued this week streak for five days consecutively now, possibly tomorrow being the sixth. Um, and we kind of just got to see where we kind of go from here. Um, individually on some names, um, you saw some indecisive candles here. Um, for example, you got Meta. You have Boeing. Amazon, possibly. And I could go on and on. Um, I mean, even NVIDIA closed really good today. Um, so, you know, I could go on and on. There's there's definitely some things that say we could possibly go up tomorrow. There's things that say we could possibly go down. Um, so it all depends on what really happens tomorrow and what also happens in that first hour, uh, which is called the initial balance. That closes at 1030 Eastern. And you'll kind of, you know, get a better 
idea of what the possible move could be then. Um, with that said, you know, we could possibly even just chop again tomorrow. And I do believe, you know, after today's move, after this chopping and seeing some, seeing some individuals like get a little indecisive here, we could definitely see the individuals move even if, you know, spy chops and all that good jazz. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, one thing to watch for sure is watch that spy uh, low overnight from last night. So in this case, if we're talking about futures, we're actually kind of at it right now. Um, and we could probably, you know, overreach it and, do 3904 and 3894 um 3894 being a key level so we'll, we'll keep that on watch there um but you know we are we've definitely taken back some of the games from pal speed so well actually we've taken all those games back i should say um so just kind of really got to see what happens tomorrow um and like maple says you know i'm trading two to three names usually spy being one of them. I'm always looking at spy, whether, you know, I'm looking to trade something else. For example, if I'm looking to trade Netflix, I'm also looking at just all the other names in general and then looking at spy to make sure that even though Netflix may look good, um, you know, I want to see how the other names are, you know, going up against it to kind of help me in that trend wise. And again, spy could be going down and Netflix could be going up and that's where the individuals, you know, could, play a difference uh or spy could be you know choppy and netflix for example can you know go up or down um and that's where those individuals could you know separate themselves so it all depends on what i see tomorrow and uh if anything um i'll just be waiting for that really you know just be smart consistent sizing and especially over the past few days you know take those profits let the let some runners run and put the stop in profit. And if it keeps continuing to go up, you know, raise that stop. Perfect. Thank you. What's up, Darth? What's up? How are you guys doing? Good. How about you? Good. Good. Uh, today was a good day, actually. It was a little choppy, but we did uh, we did pretty good. So it was a good day. Nice. What do you want to go into tomorrow? I'm watching Spy 95% of the time. I think that... Uh, Everyone that knows me a bit more personally, the trader, knows that I'm rooted in day trading, and I feel like SPY provides enough opportunity on a weekly basis to execute effectively and not necessarily need to divide my attention too much away from it. But really, for me, I'm watching the 395 to 390 zone on SPY. 390 is a daily pivot level I've had marked for a while. Uh, 395 was dark pool from pre-market today, and we did reject it. That's my two trades today. We're off the 395 reject two for two off the 395 reject so for me if spy stays above 390 but below 395 we're still in a chop zone which is a little bit of a risk off zone right i think with fomc and cpi coming up it's very possible that we start to see some sideways action but like maple said i'm a day trader so more than anything in the morning i'm charting out my pre-market supply and demand zones i got my daily pivot levels on watch but Really, for me, if we can get a break above 395 back to 400 or a break below 390 back to, I mean, at that point, it just depends on where bears want to take it because uh, VIX has seen a nice little pop and Apple relative weakness so far is not necessarily super good for the bull case. So 
QQQ and Apple sitting at daily support, and uh, I got both alerts set on those because that's gonna that's gonna de- de- kind of determine where SPY goes from here. But VIX holding twenty up to that twenty two sixty eight level isn't isn't necessarily the best case for bulls long term. So if we get below three ninety, could see some accelerated selling. Above three ninety five, I'm looking for a move back up to three ninety eight four hundred potentially. That's where my alerts are set right now. Perfect, perfect, nice. Thanks, Darth. Anything else? Not really. I mean, at the end of the day, right, like today was a really good example of coming into the day with maybe having your head a bit more on a pivot. I think a lot of traders I talked to today uh, have a little bit of euphoria and excitement from seeing, uh, I mean, we went from 405 to 390 in two days. So we saw a 15 point move. A lot of traders came into the day a little bit more risk on, ready to make some money and they got burnt, right? And I think for me, it really just comes down to following the same consistent process every day. I detail the levels that I'm looking to trade in the morning. I clearly outline my no trade zone every morning, an area I'm not interested in trading at all. And just really hitting the same consistent process on a day in and day out basis. I feel like that's my personal edge. You know, I have my trading system. I have my technical system that I follow. But I tell people, at least in our community all the time, that my edge personally is my my discipline, my planning, my risk management, my preparation, my general process. So just following that same routine day in and day out of detailing those levels of where I'm looking to trade, where I'm not looking to trade, and then actually actually having the discipline to follow that. Um, that's the stuff I preach all the time. So same process for me tomorrow. Amazing, bro. Great work. <laughs> Yo, the Daily Traders. What's up, guys? Yo, what's up, PB? Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, by the way, I've been tuning into that live space you guys do during the trading hours, and you guys kill it. Um, everyone listening right now, I would tune into that. PB, Knots, all you guys are live on there and putting out like printing money, some fire trades uh, you guys have out. So I actually forgot my uh, computer back at the office, so I'm on my phone trying to provide some value to you guys. But it's funny when um, – I started trading. It was like I'd go into all the discords, look at people's levels. And now I chart my own levels and I go to the discord and it's really all the same. So it's like everyone's seeing the same thing, whether we're on different time frames. It's that 395 to 390 demand zone um, on SPY and that 390 support. Um, like Knotts was saying, we've already pretty much taken out all of those gains from FOMC. And now we're probably going to go back down to that 375 level if we can move through 390 with volume. Um, but pretty much that's kind of all I really have for uh, as far as like call out. I like to do my trading in the morning and then pretty much trading zero DTEs on just the big names, NVIDIA, Tesla, Amazon, Apple, Meta, um, et cetera, and then also some swing positions. But one thing I just wanted to talk to you all about, and this year has been wildly tough as a trader, and if you can persevere, even breaking even, uh, it's just going to show that when this next bull market rides around, you're going to bank. So I have a bunch of guys uh, who are my friends at SMB Capital, so these tier one proprietary trading firms, as well as guys actually on Wall Street, a couple guys in the pit, and then some guys who trade in the World Trade Center building. And a lot of them have started trading, uh, sorry, stopped trading coming into this year. A lot of them are down. This one guy, top guy at SMB Capital, I can't name drop, but he's down $3.5 million right now. The top trader, he cleared $50 million during the 2020 to 2022 bull market. So it's like, you know, even the top guys in the industry, they're struggling right now. It is a super, super hard market to trade. So as long as you guys can stick with it and, you know, keep coming back day to day, you are going to bank. Like, this is the hardest market, and it's just strength trading. It's like we're trading at altitude right now. So 
keep with it, guys. I just want to know, like, you're not alone. Like, these top guys are losing. So it just speaks volumes on, like, what type of markets we're in now. And also a lot of the guys have stepped away from the computers. Um, I was talking to this guy at SMB Capital. He's like, their floor is empty. Like, no one's trading right now. They've all kind of just said, no, we're going to give the rest of the year because it's tough out there, man. So just want to know that we're all in this battle together and it's a grind. I 100% agree, you know, if you're still here right now, grinding, and, um, sorry guys, I'm sick right now, but, yeah, if you're still here right now, grinding every single day, putting in the work, it's gonna pay off in the next bull market, so, you know, just stay here, and keep journaling. Yo, Strap. What's up, fellas, what's going on? What's up, man, how are you? Not, not much, man, just hanging out, uh, I appreciate you having me on here, PB, always a pleasure to, to come through, um, of course. And, uh, yeah, just to piggyback off the daily trade, uh, what he was saying, I have a few buddies, too, that are on the street. Um, my my background is in uh, finance, actually, banking. So uh, a few of my buddies that actually trade, um, same thing. It's a lot of algo trading. I mentioned this on Spaces today. <clears throat> if you can stay afloat during this market here, like the next market cycle that we're going to fall into, like, I mean, everyone that can stay afloat now is going to be light years ahead of anyone else. Uh, right. When we get to that cycle. So it's very hard right now. It's a hard market. It's a cyclical market. I think you saw today, Darth was talking about it. A lot of people came into the day risk on, right. We had two big down days, two days in a row. Everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to catch this. Cause I missed the last two days. I missed some really, really big moves. I'm going to, you know, play heavy today. And, and most people got chopped up, you know, and, and luckily in our pre-market huddle day, we talked about that. You know, we talked about the fact that this is a, a risk off day like it you know we we could get an inside day on spy on the daily um could be a lot of chop um but luckily we were able to pay, play some nice plays out of demand um and then like darth said off of that 395 level able to play some some puts off of that and then individual names uh paypal was a nice news play we had today that went 125 percent. and i messed up my fill on it i actually would have been up like 195 percent, but I hesitated just a little bit, uh, but it still went. So we had some really nice plays on on live, and we kind of do that every day. Um, come in with without a bias and try to find the best play. Um, so right now, I guess things that I'm watching, I think it's already been mentioned a little bit, and I'll just hit on this. Apple looks relatively weak, so that's a really interesting name to me because we're sitting at 140 on Apple. We're really not that far from 52-week lows. We're only about $12 away. And the way Apple moves, like that could come very quickly uh, because we were just sitting at 150 uh, a few days ago. So Apple looks relatively weak. Um, that That's an interesting name to me. I want to see how Apple reacts because to this point, I think everything's been controlled selling. Even on SPY, on these moves down, it's all been kind of controlled selling. We haven't really had any... Um, uh, you know, any, any like heavy, heavy selling. It's just all been very, very controlled. Um, no capitulation yet. Capitulation is going to happen, guys, when you see like, you know, spies down 3%, uh, you know, then it's down 4%, and then it's down 4% again, like, and it just keeps going. And it's like when, when it's supposed to catch a bid and it doesn't catch a bid, that's when capitulation is going to happen. And I think ultimately we will get there. Like, I don't think we, I don't think the bottom is in yet on spy. I'm not in the, the business of calling tops and bottoms. Um, but, you know, based on, on what I do know, like my hypothesis tells me that we, we do have more lows coming on SPY. Uh, but to that point, right, like if 390 holds, like 410 is not out of the question. We can go all the way back up 410, 415, 420. Like that could happen. Uh, but for me, more realistically, I'm, I'm looking for 390 to break and then, you know, 388, 385, ultimately 375 to the downside. Um, 
<clears throat> individual names that I'm looking at, like I said, I like Apple. Uh, Apple's an interesting name that's setting up here. Netflix is actually still interesting. Knotts and I played this one today. Um, we got stopped out on it, but um, it's actually holding this level that I have uh, hammered off this level. Um, it's just interesting be, to me. And I mentioned this two days ago because when we hit 322 on Netflix, you got to remember about the dip buyers on Netflix that were buying at 162. They're up about 100%, you know, basically now at, at this 322 level. So um, Netflix over 322 uh, can move very, very quickly up into the 330s. Uh, so just keep that on watch. Um, if you don't want to day trade it, maybe just set an alert on Netflix around that 321 level uh, on your brokerage account and then just kind of watch it as we approach that 322. Because I think if we can clear that, it's got clear room up to 330, 331. Um, so that's kind of what I'm watching. Also going to watch uh, travel names going into the end of the year, uh, end of the holiday season, travel and logistical. So FedEx, UPS, Boeing, Delta United. Um, I'll be keeping those on watch too throughout the, the next couple of weeks. Nice. Thanks for coming on, Strat. And um, I actually really like Netflix as well. I just put that on my radar. Saw a few people calling it um, before close too, like they're swinging calls. So that one does look pretty good. And head route with strength today, especially into the close. Um, you know, when other names weren't looking too good. So yeah, Netflix can definitely be a nice one tomorrow if we have a bullish um trend yeah and and pb and i've been killing the swings too guys so if you catch a swing with us uh we played tilray and and pb uh actually recapped that one for you guys um but that's the benefit of knowing the personality of stocks learning the personality and and you know understand how they work uh the marijuana names typically always give back their gains so uh 430 percent on tilray puts basically it was a, a horrible looking daily wick off of the 200 dma and um, we took puts until Ray was down like 16% yesterday and down another like 8 or 9% again today. So um, that was a really, really simple, easy, probably the easiest swing play that I've had all year long. Um, and 430% is I'm still riding some runners out. Yeah, I mean, we, ate, we made 430%. And the best thing is um, we didn't even get in a day it was down. We literally got in like right when the daily had a little wick and we broke under VWAP, like, like we got in almost a high. Yeah, we didn't buy the top, and it's not a zero DTE. So for the new people out there, like you don't have to time it perfectly, and you don't have to buy zero DTE to get some crazy gain either. Um, you just need some exactly. good price action. Exactly, and you know, have some conviction in your plays, let your runners run a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't hold for 400, but I mean, 260 percent is that's great. But um, yeah, guys, so last but not least, I'm going to go on with my watch list. But before I do, everyone make sure you're following Knots, Straff, The Daily Trader, Maple, Keanu, and Darth Trader. I'm very picky with the people that I let on to the space and um, because I want you guys you know, to always have as much value as you can. But trust me, these guys will add a lot of value. All you have to do is follow them. <sighs> So, yeah, guys, um, I just put my watches to the top. I'd appreciate if you guys can give it a like. Um, So, tomorrow, my levels for SPY, 395. It's a pretty obvious psychological level. We rejected it today. If we get a five-minute close over, it could be good for calls. Or, I like puts under 391.50. So, yesterday's low was 391.60. Today's was 391.90. 
So I just think, you know, that 391.50 area is a pretty big demand right now. <clears throat> but if we get under it, it could be really, really nice for puts. So that's a really big pivot. And then also watch Meta. Meta has been a really, really good trader lately. I've been making on it each way. So I'm watching Meta calls over 116 or puts under 112.4. I also have Apple on my watch list. Apple under the 140 psychological level, we can see a huge flush. So watch that. But if we bounce off of it, watch calls over 142.5. As well as AMD. AMD, really ugly day yesterday. Bounced a little today, but had a wick. If we go under $69, I think we have room to 67 easily. So watch puts under 69, or we can play puts over today's um a little above today's high and previous resistance $72 to potentially 75 plus so AMD calls over 72 puts under 69 I'm also watching an OTC I'm watching GDVM um really like this play for the long term gonna swing it so um yeah it's a little alpha for you guys I like GDVM a lot and um, guys, you know, when I give those pivots out, those aren't just for calls and puts. Those are key supports and resistances. So, you know, if 395 rejects, and that can be a good area for puts. You don't have to only play it one-sided. Sometimes some of the best trades are made, you know, shorting the resistances if you're seeing rejections and wicks off them. But, um, yeah, guys, so that's my um, that's my watch list going into tomorrow. And sorry my voice is like this. I actually have a little cold right now. But um yeah, I'm actually gonna um go live on Instagram literally right after the space and you know showing my face and everything. I'll give the watch list more in depth and do an in-depth trading AMA. So I just pin my wait, I'm not sure if I did. Um just give me one second, guys. Little difficulties. Pinning this to the top. All right, yeah, so I just pinned my Instagram to the top. I'd really appreciate if you guys um, checked it out, give it a follow. And also, if anyone on here wants to go live with me, I'm down. Um, Keanu, Strat, Day Taters, Darth, Maple, Knots, doesn't matter. But um, yeah, so now I kind of want to go into the rules section. So, um, Maple, do you want to start us off? You know, what are your rules when you're trading? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, maybe I'll talk over one role and, and that's in regards to the orb, but, um, I would say majority of traders struggle when day trading, right? Determining whether or not it's a trend day or a range day. And a really simple trick that you guys can do is, uh, marking your first 30 minute candle high and low. So when you mark that first 30 minute candle high and low, um, like I did in the pin, uh, the pin tweet, it's the, uh, second, to last pin tweet right it's a spy chart review um the yellow levels that's your first 30 minute candle high and low that's your opening range breakout uh other traders can use a two minute 10 minute 15 i use a 30 every single day and it really gives me the range um and uh provides the sentiment on the given day so today we can see that within spies range we maintain price between the orb low and the orb high all day um and for me that dictates that it's going to be a trend day 
unless we break out of that orb, right? The opening range break, but not only break out of it, because there was multiple breaks out of the orb today, but it has to break far away and then come back and retrace, right? Or retest. It doesn't strictly have to be the retest of the orb uh, high or low. Uh, it could be an EMA, key level, whatever indicator you might be using. So uh, if you go back and look at yesterday's chart, uh, which was Tuesday and Monday, both of these had orb low breaking bases, right? So if you go to uh, Monday's chart, right, December 5th, you can see that 10 a.m. candle low. It was broken at 11.50 and retraces back to the 5-minute 90 EMA as well as the, the low of day that uh, or below at that point in time, which is 401.59. If you go back and, and then what happened the rest of the day, right? We had a trend day. It trended back down, right, further, a few more points the rest of the day because we got a breaking base out of the orb level. Same thing happened yesterday, right? You can see the low, uh, it, the 10 a.m. candle, right was right at 396 we broke uh far away from it retraced back to your five minute 90 or 10 minute 90 ma as well as to that orb level right so a breaking base on the orb low and then it trended right we um, pushed down another four ish points today if you go look at that second to last uh chart that i posted in the pinned tweets um you can see the first 30 minute candle high and low were tested all day but it never broke far away with strength and uh it did break right you can see the the white arrows in that demand zone near the orb low at 392.39 it broke below that first arrow second arrow third and fourth a lot of traders especially novice traders are going to think puts on this low of day or orb low break or a pivot break but i see no value in that so this is one of my biggest rules i don't chase puts at the low of day nor do i chase puts on an orb low test I always look for one, it either to or be patient enough to break far away from that orb level and then come back and retest it, or I look for that level to base risk off of. So you can see as it pushed up to the orb high this uh, today, this morning at 395.28, right? That was your first 30 minute candle high. You had confluence with your 10 minute 200 EMA. Price action also presented to you a tweezer top. And also, there was no strong breakaway from the orb. But how many novice retail traders were thinking that, hey, this is a breakout. We're ripping up back to 400, right? My rules state that that's not going to happen unless we get a break, a retest of the orb, and then it pushes further, right? That allows me to base risk for the further potential long. But instead, I took puts this morning. Uh, what exactly? Let me go back to my trading floor time. I took these at 11.01 a.m., right right on the dot, risking that fake out breakout and orb high uh, potential rejection, right? Now, where is my target, right? Sure, we, we scaled some out of VWAP, but if you normally don't see your, or you typically don't see your orb levels being broken, right, and they're holding, you likely see it push back to the opposing orb level. So I was able to ride my 392 puts from 11.01, just off of that orb level rejection, back down to the low of day demand or that orb low, right? All the way down to 392.43 for over 100% trade, right? Which doubles your money. Something that you can size into and take with very low risk. So um, this also, like I was telling you guys, if you have not broken out of your first 30-minute candle orb, uh, it's a range day, right? And that rule held all day. 
we maintained between the orb low and the orb high all day because one side did not break in base above or below. So I really hope that helps you guys determine whether or not it's a range bound day or a trend day. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we look back at uh, euphoric experiences and expect that to happen every single day. But just like we saw on Monday and Tuesday, two big sell-offs. I always call those days advertisement days. Uh, and then this is a day where retail really gets trapped. Now, unless you didn't know about that rule, you likely got chopped up or uh, tossed around, you know, looking for high of day breaks or low of day breaks. So, uh, but I hope that tip helps. Yeah, I think it helps a lot. For newer traders out there chasing. Um, Keanu, you want to go over, you know, your rules or a rule that's helped you a lot? What's that? Did you say me? Yes. Did you want to go over a rule or something? or A rule that rule? helps me is um, watch the chart, not your P&L, and scale into the reason you got into the trade. Maybe it's VWAP. And so if it, you have that little bounce and the next time it's bouncing and I'm adding more, and uh, that's what I do. Um, if I didn't do that today, I would have broke completely even. Instead, I had three, three grand day. It was really nice. And um, I posted all of my orders and the times exactly. So that's huge. And if it would have broken that level, do not chase by adding to a loser. Love you all. I actually like that tip. Um, I think, you know, when you're watching your PL, it adds more emotion to your trade, to be honest. And when you're just, you know, trading with the charts, you can um, execute a lot better. Knots, you want to go over a rule or something? Yeah, and, you know, this kind of comes into play in every trade, you know. Whether you win or lose, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to win, you're going to lose. Um, and one way to stay, you know, basically, one way to preserve that capital is consistently sizing. So if you win on one play, let's say you do five contracts, totals a thousand dollars, and you think you're gonna, you know, up up it on the next play. So let's just say, for example, you do eighteen hundred. On I, I don't know, let's just say six contracts, depending on the contract price. I'm just saying the dollar amount, too, so you see, you know, and let's say you lose on that play and you lose, you know, more money than obviously you won on the previous. You know, that's where you're going to start to get yourself hurt. If you're able to consistently size, let's just say, for example, able to put within 100 bucks, you know, that could, same sizing. So those five contracts at $1,000. You know, that will be one key to preservation. And the reason why I'm saying this is this is what I learned when, you know, I truly got better at trading. Um, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not the best. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you know, I was one of those people that when I first started, I went all in. I was hectic. You know, I was looking for that five thousand dollar to a million dollar trade you know just let's say and you know i kept that mindset for a long time and you know luckily because all it was was luck um it got me to where i was in the beginning and then i started to really you know learn that 
<laughs> damn, from those losses after that, when I started losing 20,000, 50,000 in days, you know, it, it's crazy. And as sad as it is that, you know, I basically blew that money away. Um, I wasn't preserving it. You know, the biggest key was to just actually not think about making possibly that amount on luck and slowly just compounding 2,000, 3,000, 1,000, 500. You know, it all adds up. So consistently sizing is, is a key, you know, part to becoming a better trader um, and realizing that, you know, really trading is about preserving. If you're not able to preserve that capital for the next trade, one, you're just not going to be able to trade in the next plane. Two, you know, you're not going to, you know, learn going forward. Um, just getting yourself caught in these mental, you know, stop areas because you're putting so much money in one trade. You're not focusing on the actual trade itself. You're not focusing on the actual chart itself. Uh, compared to when, let's just say, you're putting a smaller amount and a more consistent and mentally stable amount for what you're able to trade is when you actually could become a better trader as you're more focused on the trade itself and not the money value that you could possibly be you know, losing on there. Yeah, and, and I completely agree with that, Knotts, right? I really feel like especially early on, a lot of traders' uh, biggest hurdles um, would be ambition and greed, right? There's a lot of overconfidence and, and kind of, um, you know, beating of the chest where traders want to prove themselves and prove to others that, that they can actually do this. And they put themselves in these, you know, really hectic situations where you're not trading a systematic edge, you're not trading risk management, right? You're just gambling. And uh, that's really detrimental to not only your po uh, portfolio, but your mental capital, right? Um, most traders, right, the statistic, which I hate, says 90% of traders fail their first year. Uh, and, and I really think that it comes down to, you know, their uh, psychological and emotional relationship that comes with trading. And, you know, if you're strictly gambling, of course, you're going to lose in this market. Um, one thing that I really also believe in for a rule is that in order to be um, – a great winner, you have to be a great loser first. So losing comes first, which, you know, I would correlate with risk management. Um, before you take any trade, you need to know where you're going to stop out, right? So one, it removes that kind of shock factor of, oh, wow, this trade's going against me. Now let's think of what to do uh, so that you actually have a plan going to or prior to going to any trade. Um, and, you know, it, it just really allows the trader to have a routine before entering and putting money behind anything. Uh, because, you know, I, I've taught thousands of, of traders and, and the biggest commonality is that, you know, they have a very poor risk management, which, you know, really cuts any gains that they make, right? I've seen traders make, you know, uh, three, four, five figures, have these great big days, but, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts because they couldn't, you know, manage risk appropriately. So, uh, but I appreciate those points, Knots. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Maple. You know, it, it all ties in. Um, it really does. For sure. Yeah, great to hear, guys. Um, I actually 100% agree with both you guys. Sorry, Anna, I would be more enthusiastic, but I'm really, really not feeling good. I actually, I went to school today, but I wasn't at school the last two days. But, um, I love your points. Strat, do you have any rules you want to add or 
Yeah, no, I think these guys, I mean, look, these guys are professionals, right? Like they, they know what they're talking about. And you guys hear me say it all the time. I, I, I live by the rules every single day. I tell all the traders that I come in contact with anyone that's new, like losing is a part of trading and you have to think of the market as, as a, um, as a casino, right? So the casinos basically, uh, they, they have risk at gamblers coming in and making money, but over the long run, they stick to their rules. They have specific rules that they play by and that's how they're able to expand their casinos. They're able to pay their electric bills. Some nights they're going to lose a little bit of money, but that that's part of the business that they're in, right? Sometimes people are going to come into the poker room or the blackjack table and make money and the casinos have to pay them. But over the long run, the casinos make the money because they stick to their risk, uh, their risk rules, their statistical rules that the games are built off of for them to make money. And so as traders, I think we have to be the same way. There should only be three outcomes when you enter a trade. And I say this all the time, so I'm sorry if you've heard this before, but you should win big, you should win small, and you should lose small. You should never lose big, right? That's that's never an option in trading. And if you don't if you if you stand by those rules, you can have a win rate of less than 50% and still make millions of dollars a year. One of my buddies is with the hedge fund and they have a win rate of 32% and they're profit they're a profitable hedge fund. So I, I think as individual traders, we have to think about that um, because a lot of times people come into the market and Maple talked about 90% of the people fail to come into the market. So I think it's because they come in with unrealistic expectations and they come in specifically thinking exactly like Knotts was saying, like, I'm going to take 5,000 to 2 million very quickly. It could happen. It's just not realistic to do that. And so for me, trading is a long journey. You know, it's a marathon. Uh, it's not a sprint. And so the traders that are successful are the traders that make conscious risk management efforts today that set them up for tomorrow and what i mean by that is like today right if someone comes in like darth was saying risk on and they come in and they're, they're playing heavy today ready to you know ready to make a ton of money today they probably got wrecked because they they weren't expecting they looked at last few days of trend days you know they, they got chopped up today and now they have no money or little money to play with tomorrow when there might be some better opportunities that present themselves and one thing I want people to understand is that there's always going to be another opportunity in the market. I think the testament to spaces that we put on every day, we have some type of call that goes absolutely ballistic, uh, whether you take it or not, or you, you get a little bit a little bit of it. Um, there's always going to be another play. And so, like Darth said, you know, if you come into the day and it's in your no trade zone, like just don't trade. That's a position. Cash is a position because you're setting yourself up tomorrow to smack that setup, that's an A plus setup that, you know, is, is, um, accretive to you growing your por portfolio and continuing forward in this trading journey. Um, and I'll end with this, right. You can, you, you can't make your entire account with one trade, right? I mean, you could YOLO into an earnings play and, and come into something crazy. You could full board into something and do something crazy. Um, but it's not going to make you a millionaire overnight, but if you full port into something, that's not a high quality setup, you can definitely break your account in one trade. So keep that in mind as you as you think about trading. Base hits add up um, with options. You only need to risk a little bit to make a lot. And as long as you stand by those three testaments that I have of winning big, winning small, and losing small, you're going to be very, 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 very happy with your P&L performance at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, and at the end of the year. Yo, yeah. Trent, I love that um, casino analogy. I always hear <clears throat> people talking about it. Hey, I'm going to rob the casino today, but kind of switching it up and saying you are the casino and playing with your statistical edge is key. And then Maple talking about keeping your losses small <clears throat> is the biggest part of trading and something I wish I understood as beginner trader, because ultimately our goal is preservation. And as you stay in the game, you're going to learn more and more and eventually you're going to find an edge and you're going to capitalize off that. 
And I think one thing that um, I wanted to touch on is separating separating your ego uh, from the trade. Like losing is a part of it. So when you lose money, it's not you can't view it as a bad thing. It's just part of the game. All you can really do is be analytical and look back and say, okay, this is what I did wrong. This is what I did right. And sometimes you can take a good trade and still lose. It's how the market works. It's like so it's it's a statistical game and I really, really like that analogy of being the casino. Um one quick mental game I like to play, which kind of gives me no bias, is I like to think if I'm trying to go short, I'd like to think if I was long where I would take profit. So that's kind of a quick mental game I play with myself that uh, helps me have no bias and look at the market from both pers- both perspectives because for every buyer there's a seller for everyone going short there's someone going long yeah I like that I like that um analogy too and I think that that's key right if you know how to lose I think that that's part of it and I think Darth talks about this a lot but professional traders know how to lose so a lot of new traders get into a trade and they stop out and they get very emotional and very upset. And then you see these new traders, instead of taking a consistent position size in that next trade, they might double their position size to try and make it back. As successful traders, as profitable traders, as traders that you know want to live to see another day, <clears throat> I think we need to pat ourselves on the back when we stop out. When you have a losing trade, like congratulate yourself if you followed your rules. Because if you followed your rules, that that's all that matters, right? Because you know... As long as you keep your losers small, you win small and you win big, we can stop out of trades if it's within our risk limit and we're still going to make a lot of money over the long run. So it's okay if you have a red trade. That's like like the daily um, – sorry, I'm going to mess up your name here. Like the daily traders are saying, uh, you, you know, drop the ego. It's okay to lose. That's part of the game. Just like the casinos lose when, when you go in there and play blackjack and hit a couple blackjacks in a row, you make some money and you leave. The casinos lost on you. And they're okay with that because they know over the long run, they have rules in place that are going to make them profitable. And you have to act the same way as a trader. I was just going to say, bro, I don't, I so much agree with you guys. And I think that, um, sorry, guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we sorry, can hear someone you. Someone called me. But yeah, I was saying that, um, if you want to be a successful trader, it's all about, as long as you're calculating your risk and you have a better risk to reward. Strat said that somebody with less than a 32% win rate is profitable. That means their risk to reward is over one to three. So they're risking $100 to make at least $300 each trade, which that's really, really key if you guys want to be profitable. So make sure. That's what I was actually going to say for my favorite rule is have a plan before entering each trade. Before entering each trade, say I'm putting $2,000 into it, I'm telling myself, Max, I'm going to lose $300 in this trade. My target's going to be $800. If I get to $500, I'm going to put it at break even and sell a little bit. Or, you know, just make sure you have a plan and make sure you have a risk to reward ready. Um, last but not least, Darth, any rules you want to go over? And then we're going to go into a little AMA, guys. No, not really. I mean, everyone said everything. I'm driving now, so it's not too loud. But it fundamentally comes down We can't to hear you. Yeah, you're, you're Darth. We can't hear you. Can't you. Can. No, if you're driving, it's yeah, it's very, it's, it's very muffled. Yeah, I'm driving, so it's fine. All right, yeah, you're good. Yo, so guys, we're gonna go into AMA. Before I do, make sure you're following all the speakers. They're giving so much value right now. Also, make sure you're checking out the IG above. Pin tweet. I'm gonna be going live on there right after this. Exclusive to my followers, so make sure you go and follow me on IG. And then, um, yeah, make sure you're following everyone up here on Twitter. 
we give so much value. And request up if you want to ask a question. I'll be taking some questions right now. I'm going to accept one person at a time. Jake. Yo, Jake Rags. Yo. Yo, I didn't think you'd actually accept me to speak, bro. That's crazy. All right. So, I guess I've been in, I've been listening to these spaces for like two months, like been trying to be profitable, and like I've made some profits, but like I just keep like I lost today, it was pretty bad. But do you have any tips to just like stay profitable? Sure. So, um, you know, you're saying you said for the last few months you've just been the up down up down up yeah. down. Like can't really get anywhere. So what you need to do. Is- yeah, for sure. What you need to do is journal your like right now after the space. Yeah. Go get a notebook, journal all your trades, and what you're gonna make two columns: a wins column and a lose column. And then put, you know, what does each one have in common? So go over all your wins and see, um, you know, put the times. Go over all your losses and put the times, and then see what percent. Like, okay, I won ninety percent of the trades I take at nine a.m. Oh, I lose eighty percent of the trades I take at twelve. Ope, I win these trades. Ope, when I average down, I lose every single time. Ope, when I um yeah. sell at 30% gains, I win this amount of times. You know, and you just need to do that and kind of build a strategy based off what works for you and cut off what doesn't. Because I'm sure, you know, yeah. when you lose, is it because you're doing the same mistake? Yeah, probably. Like, mainly when I trade SPY, like, I see, like, good results. But I guess, like, when I trade, like, when I try and trade, like, tech stocks, like, that's when I lose, so like focusing on spy will probably help, and journaling. Um, one thing that I, that I tell all my students is it's very similar to what PV has done, but um, I, I tell them to go look at whatever chart you traded, uh, and clear everything out. Right? Um, yeah. you, you can leave your indicators, but clear out all the drawing zones, or just go to another set if you're on Dick or Swim, and go back to your order uh, kind of log. And look exactly where you're entering yeah. um, and look exactly where you're exiting your trades, right? Um, something that I also tell all of my students to do is to ask themselves this question and ask themselves this question regularly. It's, um, you know, the question is, what is your systematic edge, right? And if you don't have an answer within yeah. 10 seconds, right, of something that you know completely like the back of your hand, like it's second nature, that's your, your main issue right there, right? A lot of traders, like I said, come into the day expecting profits but potentially not putting in enough work or you know like like for me um traders always struggle with with or newer traders always struggle with breakout trades right breakout trades really are, is something that yeah. should be um because they seem like the easy trade right you see other people making money on the push up and you think that they're about to take out these sellers or take out these buyers uh when in fact you're someone else's extra liquidity so um ask yourself right yeah the somatic edge and what it is and if you don't uh, make sure you go back and back okay. to find that que- or find the answer to that question. Yeah, I got you. Thanks, I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, and, uh, and, and last but not least, right? Uh, remain positive. You know, to trading is is one of the most yeah. difficult things you're going to do in your life. Um, please refrain from any self loathing, uh, any kind of negative, um, you know, kind of comments that you would put towards yourself. Anything that that you, uh, you know. Yeah. 
kind of refer to yourself as even subconsciously, you'll begin to believe and, uh, you know, positivity goes a long way and negativity. Um, you know, I, I can say misery loves company and it's not going to help. Right. Yeah, I got you. All right. Thanks for the help. For sure. Bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, hang in there, Jake. It'll it'll get better. Like like PB said, journal. Like Maple said, um, it, it'll get better. Um, okay. But just you know, just just pick your spots is what I'd say, right? Like pick yeah. those high risk to reward spots. And again, I sound like a broken record, but lose small, win small, win big. And if you do that, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be very profitable over the long run. I got you. Thanks for all the help, guys. I appreciate it. I've been listening like every day for like two months. So, Thanks, bro. Appreciate the support. I didn't think you would actually accept me to speak, but good looks. Of course. Yo, what's up, Josh? Hey, uh, I had a question today. So I took some TQ. Uh, you know, I kind of sold this cap down that we had a little rip. But um, what other devices do you guys use? Like, I know there's like there's dark pool order flow. And then I know there's like book maps that like I've seen like Carmen Rosado use on like YouTube and whatnot and some of the guys here. So I'm just curious, like what tools do you specifically use or that you guys use to kind of help like get a better like gauge on price action? Because I'm just using volume and like VWAP and like a 200 um, like moving average. Um, I, I mean, it, I, I don't want to overspeak if, if someone else wants to give their bid, I'll be quick, but. Um, you know, really ask yourself what kind of trader you are. Uh, I believe most of us are day traders. There is, you know, some swing traders in here for sure. But um, for me, uh, I always use supply and demand zones uh, paired with uh, market structure, right? So really gauging down and, and, and paying close attention to what price action is doing via pivots, uh, paying close attention to accumulation and distribution phases. And uh Something that I also teach a lot of students to do uh, that, that takes some time to master, but um, go through on your chart for an exercise, right? I, I know it's really strange to say, but I, I can use other traders' emotions to my uh, benefit to capitalize upon, you know, really high euphoric points, right? So like the low day breaks, the high day breaks. How many of you guys have taken a high day or low day break and then it immediately reverse on you? Uh, that's a trade that you're going to see much more consistently than, you know, say a breakout trade that actually follows through. Uh, breakout trades are much more technical. But um, I use the 920 EMA paired with the 200. I also use VWAP. Uh, but your indicators, guys, on a range day like today are useless. How many of you try to take like a five-minute EMA rejection or, or whatever, and then it was just didn't give you any kind of uh, trade with fair merit, right? So... Um, remember yeah. going back to that orb kind of, um, explanation, if, you know, you're going to understand what's a range versus a trend day, if you're within your orb levels. And if you are, then typically your EMAs uh, or, or any indicators have no value. If you look at VWAP today, it really didn't give too much value. Um, so really for me, strictly price action market structure and just a few indicators. Okay. Awesome. I appreciate it. For sure. And I actually just got a DM. Somebody said, are there any courses you'd recommend or trading communities? So actually, I think everyone up here has a trading course or something of that kind. So, um, yeah, definitely check them out. I currently do not. So if anybody tries to DM me or anything, I currently don't have anything. But I am working on something. So, um, But, yeah, just stay tuned for that. 
But um, if you're interested in any of the speakers above, just hit them up, DM them. They all have great services. But um, I actually, I mean, if you want to sign up for the waitlist for mine, I haven't mentioned this yet. I wasn't really supposed to, but I'll do it for you guys. It's newagemastermind.com, newagemastermind.com. And um, just a rough draft, but sign up for the waitlist. You'll get some emails with updates. Yo, we have like 25 requests right now. I'm going to accept a few of them, but um, it's going to be hard for me to get all of them. We got Bull Shark in the house. What's up, Bull? What's up, PB? What's going on, brother? How was your day? Excellent, man. How was yours? Love to see it. I had a good day. Good week so Hell far. Hell yeah. Sorry I jumped in late here, but... um, You're good, bro. What did you trade? Today, I traded... Um... Pfizer long, and then I traded Zom short. Those are my two bigger trades. Um, but I have a couple swings going that have been um, paying pretty well, if I might say so. Um, check out GIS on the daily. Let's see. General Mills. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really nice. yeah it's like trading the things that no one really looks at. Oh, wow. Man. They have active option shares? Oh, do they? <laughs> oh, wow. Were you in this already? Oh, I've been in this for like a month now. Dang, bro. Nice trade. Thanks, brother. You always kill it on your swings. Dude, the swings are what's up. That's that's the good money, man. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because day trades are cool, but swings, I can just sit in them and have them work in the background. And you yeah. don't trade like you don't look swing spy or anything. No. You just trade like there's no one watching. Exactly. Bull shark. That's what we did with the uh, Tilray. We just oh yeah. Tilray for Dude, like I saw that. For... I like that trade a lot. Like short side. Yeah, four hundred thirty percent so Amazing. far. Yeah, that was really good job, guys. Yeah, short sometimes side like those trades are just fantastic. Yeah, like the risk and reward of the swing trades are like unreal. You know, like. Maybe you'll lose in one or here, one or two here. But when you when you really hit them, and like you hit more than you lose, it's like minimum one hundred percent. Oh yeah. But the thing is, what kind of one hundred percent? Like a stress free hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like no management. Set your risk. Set your targets. And just let them do its thing. Mm-hmm. Yo, um, Nicholas, what's up, bro? You got a question? Yeah, what's up? Um, so basically, um, I just want to add a question about, uh, like confidence when you go into a trade, like staying confident and, um, having a good mindset while you're trading. Um, I think that's something that like I struggle a lot, um, when I enter trades, um, I took Tilray with you, uh, Stratton. Um, I, I took it on Friday when you first called it out at $10. Um, and then it went down to like six. And I averaged down, and then I just sold it like really early, and and I I messed I messed up, missed out big. But um, I just don't feel like my confidence is uh, like up to par with like what I need to, for day trading. So yeah, I I know you were DM, DMing me a little bit, Nick. Um, I think for me the biggest thing for confidence is uh, kind of like <coughs> sorry, it's kind of like Maple said of like having a plan in place when you go into a trade. Um it's very easy to lack confidence when you go in just tailing someone else, right? Like, oh, Strat called this, so I'm going to buy it. You know, what's your confidence level? I don't know. He just called it, so I'm in it. 
You know what I mean? But if I call something and you see it and you're like, oh, okay, I see what I see what he and PB are talking about, right? Like we got a daily wick above the 200 EMA, like marijuana names typically sell off after they pop. The news really wasn't that hot on Tilray. Then your confidence is a little bit, you know, it, your confidence is already established there. And then when you see me and PB take a swing, you're like, oh, okay, Strat and PB are in it too. Like I'm even more confident in this because they see what I'm seeing. And I think that's what it comes down to. I know everybody likes to take alerts. Everybody likes to tail someone because it's easy. But for me, when I started becoming successful, like I wasn't a successful trader when I just took alerts from people because I was taking alerts from people in the options world. That's what I, that's how I thought you made money. It was like, you just take alerts from people and you buy and sell when they do. And it worked a couple times, but more than not, like I found myself just red, red after red after red. And it was because I really didn't know why they were taking the trade. I didn't understand why. So for me to you, what I would say is like, understand why you're getting into a trade first and then maybe use the fact that some people you are following are taking that trade as well as confluence or confidence to stay in that trade. Maybe add to that too. I really liked what you said about that Stratton, like having a plan, knowing why you're taking the position in the first place. But another thing to really give you confidence is, you know, a lot of times you'll have your plan in place, but you're too over leveraged on that position, especially comparative to your portfolio size and you know, it's going to make you stress out. So like, think of it this way too, you know, why are you so comfortable holding like a 30%, 40%, 50% loser? You know, if you're that comfortable doing that, there's no reason, no reason you shouldn't be comfortable holding a winner that way, right? That's the whole point of trading is to make money and hold on to your winning positions and then cutting those losers quick. But guess what? When you take a position and it doesn't end up working the way that you want it to, why not cut it for a smaller loss and retake it at the same spot that you originally planned the trade in instead of just sitting there and averaging down and, you know, hoping that your trade is going to come back for you. It's better to just cut it, take the small loss, wait, let it come back to your original spot where you created the thesis from, retake it, and then more than likely, you know, have it play out the second time or the third time, whatever it may be. But the important thing is to keep your loser controlled and then letting that winner do its thing to make back for the loss that you took maybe the first time when you missed it or the second time when you missed it, but really letting the play like do its thing, right? Especially for swings. When you're taking a swing, give the swing some time to let it play out. Don't over leverage yourself on it. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, that's fine. Go in with the mindset that, hey, if I'm taking this trade and I'm risking 20% on this trade, I'm already accepting that loss up front. That way your mental is not going to be messed up when you see that thing down 20 or 30% and say, dang, I missed my trade. But then you look at it on the chart and it's doing exactly what you need it to do. Maybe the option might not be reacting the way you want it to, but the trade is still doing its thing. So let it play out, you know, sit on your winner and you're going to make money. Okay, don't, don't be afraid of taking the loss. Go in with the mindset of, hey, I've already taken this loss. I can't be hurt more than X amount. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Um, and then I just had one more question. Uh, like, so you guys take profit at like I think I heard today. Um, I don't know who was who was speaking, but around twenty five percent. Is that is that like a reasonable? Um, um. So so to really touch back on what Strat was talking about. Um. You know, in in terms of risk to reward, right? We should always be focusing on what we risk, but. Uh, you know, he was talking about, uh, if it was a firm or a trader, but you know, they had a 32% win rate and was still very profitable, right? So they're losing 60, uh, 68% of their trades typically. 
Um, so, you know, to really, you know, put that into the day traders perspective or, or retail traders perspective, uh, what you're risking, you should really aim to take profit at two to three times that just starting off, right? I know options, typically my average risk to reward is like one to eight, one to 10, um, because the base hits are, are so are so strong in terms of like, or, you know, compared to like equities or shares or something. So um, let's say you're risking 10 to 15%, you really should be, you know, targeting 20 to, to 40 plus percent, right? So, you know, scaling out or moving your stop loss up along the way, um, you know, and, and that's really going to help you for those trades. You know, you could take, you know, five or six losing trades in a row, but with, you know, uh, predefined risk and managed risk. And if you follow through with your risk reward ratio, uh, you should come out on top profitable, at least if you're targeting for a one to two or one to three risk reward. Uh, one to one goes, it, it can be really choppy. That's a kind of scalper's mentality. Um, and, it, you know, I really believe in less is more uh, in terms of quality versus quantity. And to add to that, I mean, there shouldn't be necessarily like a set amount that you'll be pulling in as profit. Again, it really depends on the contract that you're trading. Like a 20% win on a zero DTE trade maybe can be like one or two candles, whereas 20% on a swing trade can be a lot more than one or two candles, right? So it's really setting a target on your um, on your chart and letting that trade do its thing. The win could be 40%, it could be 100% within that same range, depending on what contract you take. So don't really set yourself a set risk. It's better to set yourself a specific target on the chart, on the underlying chart, and play it out that way. Yeah, that's just something I struggle with. Like, especially with, like, when I see winners, right, I feel like I cut them too early. Like, I played Amazon, um, like, at, right at open this morning. Um, you have to trail your stops, brother. Trail your stops. Yeah, I I just I don't know I I mean I, I have a really small portfolio I blew I blew like over seven hundred dollars in on a one thousand dollar account um so I'm down to like I think I'm up to like four hundred right now um so I've I kind of just do like one contract at a time especially with like um bigger bigger sizes because like a hundred dollars so that's like twenty five percent of my portfolio. That's that's also one of the things is I really don't recommend playing options with that small amount of money. Why? Because any position you take that's over like a hundred dollars a contract you're putting a third of your port like more than half of your port into one position that's definitely over leveraging and that's probably one of the reasons why you're stressing out so much if anything i would say stick to options contracts that are cheaper than 50 cents 40 cents which there are a ton of them out there um that way you're going to be a little bit more on the risk management side compared to taking a contract that's going to cost you like over a dollar yeah, uh, Nick, you hear me talk to on Spaces about IWM. That's a pretty liquid contract that you can play that's pretty cheap. Uh, and it's the ETF of the Russell 2000, so very similar to playing Aspire QQQ, but the contracts are a little bit cheaper. So maybe look into IWM for your, your portfolio. Okay, thank you guys so much. Um, no yeah, I, Welcome, I, pay for, I pay for Discords, um, but nothing is like this. I mean... I feel like I've gotten so much, so much uh, more information from this, uh, just listening in for the past like month. So it really, means really appreciate it, bro. If you want to write a tweet out or something saying that we got you with the retweet. Yeah, of course. All right, yeah. thank you. course, one thing real quick, and anyone out there with like a small account is something that I really love doing when I had a small account, and uh, some great advice that I got was micro futures. 
Now, micro futures are one-tenth of the big boy contracts or the ES. So they're the forward slash MES if you were to type it into your brokerage. And I think you need like $1,200 in buying power to trade them. However, you can trade them on a margin account, not a cash account. Um, and you and they don't apply for PDT rule. So you can trade with a micro future. I think every tick is $1.25. So you can trade one micro future content, contract and they are... I mean, you know, I remember making $100 a day with like a $1,200 account, which was huge just from a micro future contract because you can play big moves and manage risk really easily. And, you know, if you're trading $50 contracts on a $400 account, you only got eight trades. Or if you're trading a $100 contract, you only got four trades. So um, that's definitely a situation you don't want to be in where you see a really good setup, but you're all out of buying power. So the uh, micro futures are a super good uh, vehicle for anyone who has a small account and wants to get into trading. All right, I'll look into that. I currently trade on Robinhood, so uh, kind of I've, I've I've run into a bunch of issues there with like, especially when my losers, I can't I can't sell them fast enough. Um, but I'm trying to switch over to Weeble. So, but yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Um, yeah, Weeble, Weeble, or TD Ameritrade are great for. Uh, uh, I don't know about Weeble so much. I traded on TD Ameritrade, but I know. Uh, I think you need twelve hundred buying power for micro futures. TD Ameritrade, okay. US. All right. right, sounds good. Thank and you, then, guys. Yeah. And one thing, right, just to touch on, right, you said that you've you've kind of blown up your account. Um, you know, and anyone listening, if you've blown up your account, right, your main goal is to not recuperate all of the losses immediately, right? That that's how you're just going to burn it and blow more money. Um, your goal is now to, you know, focus on consistency. And uh, when you focus on consistency, you build confidence. So, you know, yesterday and the last couple of days, we had these crazy trend days, uh, had crazy trades that go that went, you know, I, I sold the rest of mine for 350% on spy puts yesterday. Uh, and then they ran 700%, right? And then I had some, <clears throat> some students in my group, right, complaining, oh, you know, I sold at 300 plus percent and, and they they ran further, they ran further, right? You know, um, and looking back, right, complaining about a, a, any profitable trade um, really is pointless, okay? So, you know, I want you guys to focus on, you know, compounding these smaller wins. They do add up and, and you know, they may not add up as much as you'd like in your portfolio, but from a mental perspective, uh, confidence is everything, right? Trading is 90% of a mental game. For sure, man. I hope that answered your question, Nick. Sorry, we just... um. A bunch of questions. No, you're good. Thank you. Scott, what's up, bro? Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me up, and thanks for all the, the free educational stuff y'all do. Um, just a quick question on picking strikes and expiries. So, um, I mean, I'm fairly new to dabbling in the day, day trading. I've, I've, I've swung and, and traded options for quite some time, but just now I'm dabbling in the, the day trading. And it seems like you guys always do uh, strikes slightly out of the money and expiries within a week. So I'm um, just curious, like in, in certain types of trades, do you guys do at the money or in the money? Um, and... Uh, in other certain types of trades, do you guys do longer expiries? I suppose the swings or something. Yeah, I mean, I can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, Bull, do you want to touch on it? Because you gave like a great explanation about like um, theta and how it affects out the money versus in the money in the webinar. Yeah, I mean, the thing with this, anything you take that's like the earliest expiry is going to have the most volatility on that contract. I mean, the, con the contract premium is going to move pretty hefty on you. 
But at the end of the day, it's really contract premium versus delta, right? So whereas the delta might stay standard, the contract premium will be different. So for example, if you're trading like one contract out the money and it has like a delta four, you're paying 40 cents on your premium. If that stock moves a dollar, you're making 100% on your trade. Whereas let's say you take maybe two expiries out and that contract premium might cost you like a dollar 40 instead of 40 cents and you're moving a dollar, you're only going to make 40 cents on your dollar 40, right? So picking that strike or picking that expiry is really dependent on your risk management strategy and how much you know risk you want to onboard for your portfolio, right? So if you're taking a day trade, kind of have an idea of how long you plan to be in this trade. Are you staying in this for two or three candles? Maybe you should trade the earliest expert to get the most out of that contract. If you want to sit in this thing all day and you're worried about data decay throughout the day, maybe you should take an expert out, pay a little bit more on the premium, but buy safety and avoid that data decay. So it really depends on the type of trade that you're trying to take. I would say try sticking as close to a Delta 4 or a Delta 3 as possible um, just to get an easy movement on your um, on your trade, right? It's, the whole goal is to get your out-the-money contract to go in the money, right? So the closer you are to in the money, obviously that probability percent is higher. So if you're especially just starting out doing it, I would say stick to closer in the money. Maybe one strike out, like, at the most, right? That's going to be the easiest for you. And if you want a little bit less risk and a little bit less volatility on your contracts, do that, but take the next expiry out, Cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm, I'm figuring out slowly because um, I've mostly done in the money, but I've dabbled with a few out of the money. And I quickly learned when a trade goes your direction out of the money, the the percent, you know, oh, yeah. That thing faster, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bullshark, real quick, I did miss the second part of that example you gave. You said the first part, uh, a contract, um, like one dollar out of the money, yes. Delta four moves a dollar. Thank you. So, so think of it this way: Delta, okay, it's not just the amount you're going to get paid on your position. So, like by definition, a delta is a probability percent. The probability that that contract will end in the money by the expiry, right? So, anything that's in the money is more than likely going to be a delta five or higher. Because it's already in the money and by expiry, that thing's going to end in the money. So by definition, it should have a 50% chance plus of staying in the money, right? And the further out the money you go, the less that probability and hence the less delta. But as that position is going closer to being in the money, it's actually gaining delta. It goes from delta 3 to delta 4 to delta 5 and so on, right? So if you're taking only one strike out the money, it's easy to get that thing from a delta 4 to a delta 5. But let's say you're picking five strikes out the money and that thing is like a delta two, it's probably going to be tough to take that delta two to a delta five. Obviously, if you make that happen, you're going to get paid like crazy, right? But while you're just starting out, that's going to be putting a lot of risk on your shoulders. So guess what? To avoid that risk, you would take something close to the money, right? Now, to make it even less risky, you would pick an expiry. That's further out because the premium itself is going to have more volume, right? And it's going to be less volatile for your trade, right? So that thing is going to move slower for you. That slow is good, especially if you're just starting. Get used to that slow and then and then you can start speeding it up by taking those earlier expiries. And then the further strikes, et cetera, et cetera. Or maybe you want a little bit more of that risk. So why not take 
like maybe a quarter of your position on the earlier expiry and then take the rest of your position on the next expiry, uh, next expiry with the same strike and then you'll have that exposure to that high high delta versus premium but then your core position will be on a further expiry and take off that risk on the table very cool yeah i'm gonna try the uh varying expiries there yeah I've, I've done quite a few swings and i've mostly just done spreads just to define and limit my risk but uh but yeah thank you guys i appreciate it you're oh. very welcome yo and everyone in here bull just came up he's spitting so much knowledge everyone make sure you drop bull a follow his name's dr bull shark and um, guys we have so much requests right now and we have over 600 people listening so I'm going to take this last question, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go live on Instagram, and I'll answer all the rest on there. Like I probably answer over 100 questions on there. So the link's above. Just make sure you're following me on Instagram, and I'll go live on there and answer all the questions after. Yo, what's up, Chuck? Hey, what's up? Um, Yeah, I have a question over, like, I know a lot of other, like, beginners struggle with this, like, when to take a trade based on like confirmation so like you know like you see a breakout above a key level or support resistance but like how much confirmation should you wait for before you take that because i know a lot of times i've taken it too early and it's been a fake out or i've taken it too late and i'm just chasing the trade um your confirmation is a retest so uh really everyone shouldn't have any value given to them or, or, or spiked up, uh, you know, or, or provoked when it is breaking out, you know, if unless you're already in the trade, right, then you should be scaling. Um, when a breakout occurs, you really need to be able to look for a retest. And like I was saying, could be key level or the previous resistance turning into support uh, indicator like your EMAs or VWAP or something. Um, not just a jump in, right, because really ask yourself, uh, you know, at that point in time and in the review, what's the merit of this breakout? Just because other people are pushing price over a key level, is that really the most valuable trade and, and most consistent trade that you'll take 10 out of 10 times? Or are you just wanting a piece of the pie that everyone's already pretty much eaten? So um, for me, confirmation for a breakout is a retest. It's never the actual breakout. Yeah, thanks. That makes That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just waiting. For yeah, I mean, I mean, look at SPY today, right? How many attempted high of day or low of day breakouts did we have uh, that actually followed through, right? Breakout traders today had a really tough time. Uh, were those, you know, traders who were a little bit more patient and had that rule, right? Breakouts don't matter. The retest is what matters uh, because that's where you're going to find um, those stuck buyers or stuck sellers, whichever direction it's pushing, uh, start to cover or stop out of their position, right? It, any chance they get close to break even, uh, they're going to take it, and you, as should you. Yeah, that's a good um, take on the breakouts. I mean, we're getting it's like as a beginner trader, like you see the TikToks and you see it's like the most basic strategy, right? Breaking support or resistance. Um, and then one thing that helped me is like mentally thinking about how if it because sometimes it does break support or resistance, and then it doesn't come back. And if it doesn't come back, then the trade wasn't meant to be. So you know, another opportunity is going to come around and just wait for the right setup, right opportunity. Um, you know, some tr not tr staying flat is a position. It's like you don't have to take every trade that you see. And if it doesn't come back, retest or give you a good spot 
to get in at so you can manage your risk, then just don't take it. It's all right. You'll move on to the next one. Yo, Chuck, did that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. That that definitely helped me out. All right, for sure, man. Feel free to ever drop me a DM to me anything. I'd love to see other young kids killing it in the space. Yeah, thanks, bro. Of course, of course. So, all right, guys, I think we're going to um, start to end it here. We've been on for over an hour and a half. Um, any closing remarks, guys? Appreciate um, you having me on, as always, PB. Yeah, thanks, cool. everyone. Uh, for paying attention, trade safe. We got a ton of volatility coming up with CPI Thanks. and OMC next week. So, uh, thanks everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me, PB. Thanks, guys. Maple Strat and Knots Daily. So we'll be back here next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm about to go live on Instagram right now. Links above. I'll show my face and everything. We'll be live on there. And then, um, yeah, you know, the whole goal of the space is to make the difficult simple through education. Hope we help you guys every single day. Make sure you're following the speakers, and we're out. Peace out, guys.